This is Live Well Talk on Interventional Cardiology. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at St. Luke's Hospital, Unity Point Health in Cedar Rapids. Uh, most people know cardiology as, or a cardiologist as a heart doctor, uh, but technology and training has advanced significantly, significantly in my career, let alone uh, in the esteemed Dr. Wagdy's career, which he joins me today uh, to discuss interventional cardiology at St. Luke's Heart Care Clinic. Welcome, Dr. Wagdy. Thank you very much. Thank you. So give us kind of your take on the evolution of cardiology over your career and, and how it's how, what you've seen and how it's developed. I would say like, let's say 25 years ago, uh, when I finished my fellowship, a uh, few years before me, you had only two years fellowship and you become a cardiologist and you become jack of all trades. You do everything. You do a pacemaker, you do EP studies, you... Uh, basically do it all. Uh, fortunately, cardiology developed so much that one person cannot master all these uh, specialties. So then electrophysiology developed to do pacemaker and eventually atrial fibrillation ablation, SVT ablation, very sophisticated. To the point now you have to do almost six years of training after internal medicine where you do internal medicine three years after your uh, medical school then four years cardiology and sometimes two years after that uh, for super specialty like electrophysiology or interventional or structural so the advances has been exponential over the past 30 years now you know that's that's interesting the fact that uh because I've complimented your group over the in the over the years that I think you guys were ahead of this specialization compared to other cardiology groups. Correct. I think I think you saw the horizon and and started to divide up uh, the workload and and the specialization probably three or four years before other groups started doing it. Correct. Correct. Do you agree? Yeah, I thought that was very uh, insightful of your group. So what's it what's the difference between interventional cardiology and structural cardiology? Uh, interventional means intervene. That means you do an action, you act. So when you do angiography and you see a blockage, you open it. You do something about this blockage. You just don't look at it and say, okay, there's a blockage. You do something. You put a stent. You do angioplasty. Uh, so basically, the interventional cardiology is specialize in treating vessels. Uh, the coronary arteries, either acutely during a heart attack or on stable lesions chronically without a heart attack. Either way, you open the artery. So open vessels. Sometimes these vessels are in the heart. Sometimes the arteries go to the kidneys or to the legs, and sometimes actually to the brain. So anytime you intervene in any of these arteries to, in, to improve the flow, increase the flow and improve the function of the organ this artery is supplying. Structural heart disease is not related to the arteries, it's more related to the heart itself, the structure of the heart, not the blood supply to the heart. So if you have a valve that is not working, either leaky valve like the mitral valve, you can put a clip in it and decrease the leak, or a very narrowed valve like the aortic valve, you put a new valve through the groin, which is much better than cutting the chest open and all the complications. Basically, patient can go 
from next day, which is amazing. Yeah, so this the, these interventions, these advancements uh, reduce the need for open heart surgery. Absolutely. The, our volume of open heart surgery, ironically, when I came here, it was close to 500 cases a year. Now we are happy to have 150. Yeah, yeah. Because number one, uh, the bypass numbers are lower because of the stent developments. The valves surgery is lower because how we can fix valves without opening the chest. It's just uh, amazing the number from 500 to 150. Yeah, over a sh relatively short period of time. That's right, 25 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. It, so if it, it, electrophysiology is additional training, is interventional additional training as well? Yeah, I mean, in my time, there was no, you can be an interventionalist without additional training. That's many years ago. Shortly after I finished, then you had to have uh, one year of training in interventional. Now, one year of training and intervention is not enough. If you want to do structural, you do one year of interventional and another year of structural. And most of the electrophysiologists now, they have two years, not one year. So, I mean, by the time you practice medicine, you're like 37. Yeah. <laughs> you're almost ready to retire, right? Right. Um, so, what development do you think the most in your 25 years has impacted the lifespan of patients? Do you think it's acute interventions? Do you think it's two medications? Things. What do you think? Two things. Uh, acute intervention and medication, both of them. Uh, in the 70s, 60s, 50s, people died from heart attacks because there was nothing to do. Uh, when in the 80s, we had thrombolytic therapy for the first time, and that was like a big thing. Yeah. Give somebody clot buster and, and open the artery with medicine. And then in the 80s, again, angioplasty, just a balloon. And then in the 90s, where it took off with the stent. The stents reduced a lot of complication that happens with the balloon. And that's when it really took off and reduced comorbidity from the heart attack, the weakness of the heart. And this is, I think, the most impact that intervention cardiologists uh, had on cardiac diseases. Yeah, I think the, the thing that impresses me is the post-operative stays, you know, um, with like these procedures, how people go home the same day with cardiology interventions, right. uh, valve replace next day. Right. Even open heart surgery goes home a lot sooner. Right. Correct. I get my dad had open heart surgery here at St. Luke's in 1980, I think, mm -hmm. maybe 79, 80. So, you know, a long time ago, early in the program, really. And I remember he was here two weeks and there was nothing bad happened. I mean, they just had him in the hospital that long. Correct. Yeah, Correct. Back it, the, the funny part is acute heart attack, acute heart attack. I send them 90 plus percent of them. I send them home next day. Nick, I mean, somebody coming, crashing and dying and once you open the artery you reverse everything and next day he's happy he wants to go home That's and awesome. the idea is when when you have a patient with a heart attack and you open the artery very fast basically you stop all the damage from happening yeah. so the heart is back is happy there's no reason to keep them in the hospital and especially now when we go from the arm from the radial artery the the risk of bleeding is very low
Yeah, let's let's talk about that. That's the next question I was going to go to is uh, you and your group have been have led the Unity Point Health, which translates into a three state region in the arm approach, going through the arm rather than the groin. Talk, tell me a little bit about that in the snuff box, snuff box entry and all and such. I would say vividly 2011. Um, uh, I, I was going to a conference, echo conference, and I asked one of my colleagues, do you want to go to that conference? He said, well, I want to go to a conference about radial approach. I said, wait a second. So I called the cath lab and I said, and I read about it, I said, radial approach is not a conference. You have to, cath, you have, to have the cath lab on board with you because it's not just you want to do it. The cath lab has to know how to do it. They have to have the equipment. So I spoke to the cath lab and said, we are on board. And we got it going. And we were one of the very early people in the whole country to start primarily radial approach. Uh, initially, we started on, sta on stable patients, and then we proceeded, with, we evolved into doing acute MI. And recently, I would say in the last two years, uh, Dr. Halawa and I, we've been doing the snuffbox approach. And the snuffbox is the area of the wrist closer to the thumb here. And it's called the, you know, it's called the snuff box because the people in the past used to use a snuff uh, tobacco from it. Right, yep. Anyhow, <clears throat> going through the snuff box, you avoid the palmar arch, which connect the radial with the ulnar arteries to make sure that if you lose one of the arteries, you don't lose supply of blood to your hand. Doing the snuff box, you go to the radial artery after the arch, not before it. So you can, you would never close the radial artery before the arch. So both arteries will continue to be patent. And the bleeding risk is almost zero. I've never, I've, I've done hundreds of these, not a single bleeding from the uh, snuff box. And I've done patients on full blood thinner, Coumadin. Eloquist, Zoralto, it doesn't matter. The bleeding risk is almost zero. For me, personally, has been zero bleeding risk. And I, I can remember, I was a resident, so in the late, mid-90s, when the, the Angus seal came right. on the market, where, right. you know, you didn't have to lay there for eight hours with a big sandbag right. on your groin. I mean, and that was huge, too. I mean, that was right. a big development. And so this right. is even takes it further. I would say the groin approach now is under 10% in our institution. And and those 10%, those are critically ill or what 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 puts someone in that 10%? Uh, bypass surgery patients that have a lima graft, sometimes it's very difficult to get it from the right. Uh, so sometimes we have to go from the groin. Okay. And patients with shock, you want to put a balloon pump, sometimes you have to go from the groin. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. It's been noted that you've been in Cedar Rapids 25 years? 25 years. Wow. July 2021. That's it. That's impressive. And you've you've been a good friend and supporter of the projects I've led, and I've always enjoyed working with you. But what? why did you become a cardiologist, Wags? When I did my internal medicine, um, I rotated through cardiology, and I found it, the, it is the specialty that has the most impact. Uh, and you feel the results of your work, you see it, and especially with a patient with a heart attack. I mean, patient is just in, 
in very bad situation and you work on them for an hour or two and next day just like nothing happened it's very rewarding you you you, it, uh, you see the success uh, the results of your work well that's outstanding and i i mean i i have so much respect for you and your group and uh, how this is my hometown how you guys have served this community and and at the end of the day have saved a lot of lives there's a lot of grandma and grandpas that are still around uh because of wagdian's partners so well this is great information thanks for joining me today uh, again this is live well talk and interventional cardiology with interventional cardiologist dr hisham wagdy for more information about st luke's heart care visit unipoint.org backslash cr heart hospital or call 319-364-7101. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.